I am Stephen James Peterson, and this is the Raven Rising Podcast. Sabrina, welcome to the Raven Rising Podcast. How are you doing? I am wonderful. Good. Well, I was going to say good morning. Good afternoon to you. <laughs> it's morning here in Southern California still. Beautiful, beautiful. So welcome to the Raven Rising Podcast. My iteration and goal here is to get you some more in- attention and possibly some more activity with the group that you're working with. So I'd love to have you be able to tell the listeners what we're doing here. What is going on with Sabrina? Oh my goodness. So should I start with telling a little bit about me and who I am? Yeah, let's start there and then we'll grow into everything else. Okay. So, and I'm going to preface this by saying um, I'm a girl and when I talk (laughs) about what I'm passionate about, I can get really detailed. So if I start giving too many details for the sake of time, please feel free to interrupt me. Oh, I'll be just fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, um, yeah, my name is Sabrina Barella. I live, born and raised, live in San Diego, California. And I, gosh, for the last year, I've actually been a full-time entrepreneur which has been a dream of mine. So I'm 37 years old. I spent from the time I was, uh, what, 16 to 36, 18 years working for other people. And I always, I always knew, I mean, there's uh, some entrepreneurship in my blood, I would say. I had my grandfather had his own business his whole life. um, And he was the one that I was really closest to. So that was really instilled in me. And I knew that for purposes, for my personal goals, as far as like wanting to be married, wanted a family, like I wanted something where I had the freedom. I had the freedom with my time, with my schedule, you know, financial, uh, you know, limitless. Um, And I knew I couldn't do that working for somebody else. So I, now I was going to say now in, as far as my adult life goes, um, one of the communities which is one of my big, like the, my, that I'm very passionate about working with and helping is the military. And pretty much throughout my entire adult life, um, the Marine Corps has been my family, has been a big part of my family. And um, part of that has to do, which I won't digress too much, but I mean, I, I don't have a relationship um, with the majority of my blood family. So, so coming in, you know, into my, my adult life and making friends, I was a Marine Corps wife in my early 20s. Um, that became my family. And so, you know, the whole, we take care of our own and, <laughs> you know, um, getting to not just experience the, the different stresses of that life, um, you know, but like living it. And then after, um, so I was married for four years and then we got divorced, um, after his transitioning out. And at the time, um, I did not know how to do partnership, so to speak. Um, I didn't know how to support him. I, you know, I didn't know, I didn't have any of the tools that I now have. Um, and, and it really has just been like a constant growth process for me. So coming out of 
divorce, I, you know, on this end of things or on like the personal development side, I said, okay, I'm the common denominator here in all these failed relationships. I need to look, look at me <laughs> and look at what am I not do? You know, what, what do I, what do I not know? So, so I went on a, you know, personal development, um, you know, just learning, growing, reading books, seeking out mentors, taking personal development workshops and classes to try and get to the core of like what was going on within me. And I found a mentor and a lady named Allison Armstrong and her body of work. I took um, her entire curriculum, which is all around interpersonal relationships, building healthy partnerships, communication, and it rocked my world. Like it just, it changed my life. I, I found this in 2012 to 2013. And when I was taking her courses and just the, the impact it made in my life, I said, oh my gosh, I, I need to figure out how to get this into the military because the, just the tools that I learned, I knew could have made a huge difference not just when I was married, but, you know, after getting divorced, I started also volunteering with a lot of different organizations that work with the military and the veteran communities and seeing how this information, you know, this new, these new tools, everything that I had was learning could fill a key gap in the education and training that they're currently getting. So I knew I wanted to do it. Um, one of the problems was that I had a full-time job and I was working 50 to 60 hours a week. So although I had this big dream in my heart and I, you know, I, I spent as much time as I could volunteering, I couldn't do it at the scale I wanted without having more flexibility with my schedule. So last, well, I would just say the end of 2016, I actually made the decision. I found, I found this other company um, in an online business opportunity so I actually ended up when I say I've been a full-time entrepreneur for one year is I made the decision that in order to move forward with my bigger mission of helping the military, which, which we're going to be talking um, primarily about, I actually quit my job at, with this marketing firm that I had been with for 13 years in order to start my own, an online business in order to replace my income and give me the freedom I needed in order to you know, work on this other project, if that makes sense. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so, so let's yeah, dive into this. I, did. Part. I, I want people to understand that you're doing a lot of work and help with people that also include a large PTSD audience for you. That's true, isn't it? Yes. Yes. So through my volunteer work, um, I so, so started, gosh, back in 2008, I started volunteering with the USO. And then they actually brought me through, I should say connections through there, brought me to working or volunteering with the Wounded Warrior Battalion up at Camp Pendleton. And I, I basically just, it, it kind of went from like working a lot more with the USO and a little bit with the Wounded Warrior Battalion to flipping. So the Wounded Warrior Battalion kind of just adopted me in as a volunteer and a member of the family. And so, yeah, I've been volunteering with them since 2010 um, at a range of different things. And part of that relationship, you know, with the battalion and working with them, being so close to them was actually what allowed me 
to introduce this body of work, you know, the, the program that we are now, you know, preparing to do on a much larger scale. So that was actually where we got started. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, 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 the main thing that people that are listening to this right now need to understand that Sabrina and I connected via Facebook. And so I was kind of checking out what it is that she does, who she interacts with, what the long-term goals are. And when I saw that she does a lot of work with PTSD survivors, it immediately piqued my curiosity to where it's like, hey, Sabrina, you need to get on the podcast. Because when people are going through life, and this is for entrepreneurship, but especially for people just hitting big transition points in life, that understanding the pathology of PTSD and how to rebuild from that is super critical for people to be able to move on and really build the foundation for what is the rest of their life. Not, not what was, but to build into what is going to be. So that's why you're here today, because I just absolutely love the fact that you're going out of your way to help people move forward with their lives. And I think that's one of the things that people really need to understand about you when I'm interviewing you here today. Uh, Well, thank you. Yeah, I was going to say one of the things that I've really realized with my work, and and I think it's one of those things that, you know, that God and the universe are just constantly like opening up bigger and bigger things, you know, or impacts that I meant to make, but I've realized that really my mission in life is going to be to make an impact on lowering the suicide and divorce rates within our military and veteran communities primarily. Like that's my niche, so to speak. Um, And how we do that, like how we're doing this. So through when I say my new project, my new company, which is called Understand Men and Women, um, it's all about... Um, empowering and teaching the families and the support system around our warriors. So whether it's around those who have served, who have, and and like I say, I do work a lot with, with PTSD and a key part to healing, or even like you were saying, even if we're going to apply this in the civilian world, a key part to getting through these, these stresses of anything in life is to have a solid support system around you. And so what our work is to make the family the first line of defense, because unfortunately, the way, um, you know, society has just taught us the absolute opposite of what partnership <laughs> is, you know, how to actually support people. We, we actually, relationships tend to be more built on like an adversarial relationship, you know, so it's like tit for tat, you know, what are you going to give me? What am I going to get out of it? Rather than a true partnership, which is like, having each other's back and we're doing this together and we're a team and we aren't, you know, it's not something we're taught in school. (laughs) It should be, but it's not. Um, That's the truth. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would say just, you know, cause I mean, and all, like I say, and all the, um, especially where the PTSD comes in and working with combat veterans, I mean, and in all the work, the years that I've worked with them, I've seen the, the immense difference that it makes for them when they have a solid support system around them of people which they trust and they feel safe to fully open up to. 
Um, you know, I mean, I've seen, because I would say, unfortunately, I, like I say, society, number one, has taught us the exact opposite. And what that results in is that even though people, you know, loving people, well-meaning people, they do the very things which end up pushing each other away and causing mistrust and frustrations, as mm -hmm. opposed to actually bringing us closer. And, you know, like what I've seen, so in our community, for instance, with, um, you know, like with just too many of our, our warriors coming back is they don't have this. And so that makes the path to divorce, which the military divorce rate is much higher than the civilian rate and the suicide rate is higher as well. And it makes us an increased likelihood when they don't have the people who are closest to them who should have their back don't, you know, and it's not because they're bad people. It's because they don't know, you know, they just don't know how to support. So our whole goal and mission is to, to change that, <laughs> you know, to teach them how to be that first line of support. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the funnest parts about what you're doing is, is the amount of interaction that you're getting out there. I don't, people that have not met you yet, which are going to be the listeners. And so this being your first introduction to them, I really want to point out that you've been very, very active in the work that you're doing. You've been chasing after the goals. You've been interacting with people. And this is something on. This isn't just an academic conversation for you anymore. Mm that you and the team that you're working with are actively in the trenches with the people that need you and bringing support to them. Yes. Yes. I'm saying there's two sides and I, well, thank you so much for having me on. Cause I think, you know, one of the reasons why I had said like, okay, interrupt me if I'm giving too many details is I, I do like, I want everybody that's listening to this number one to get value from it, you know, whether it's to be inspired, to be motivated. And so even if, even if they can't connect, you know, if they're not connected to the military community or, you know, in, even in like the area that I'm doing, I'm, my hope is at least that they'll hear the entrepreneurial path within that and like how I've made mm -hmm. some of the things happen that I've made happen. And cause absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. And so how, cause really how it started, like I say, it started as a dream and I, and I could see, I could see what I wanted to do. I could see the impact I wanted to make, but I didn't know exactly how it would look. And I didn't know who was going to help me. And I think that's kind of the constant entrepreneurial path. So it's like seeing a problem, how can I fix it? And then, okay, now, now how do I go about doing that? And how do I get seen, you know, which is like part of the conversation with you today. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so I started, like I say, and I, you know, that there's, what is that saying about, um, you, you know, like it's easier to, well, here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to actually throw a quick break in here. Okay. And then I'm going to bring you back in and I'm going to redirect you to where I think that the listener is going to get the most value out of your time and will definitely go out of my way to highlight some of the strengths that you've been able to present out onto the market and why they should actually be paying attention to you beyond just the backstory because your execution is ultimately the most important part here. 
So we'll be awesome. right back after the break. And uh, I think you're going to have fun with the next section. Okay. And we are back with Sabrina. Hey, Sabrina, just for giggles, I wanted to let everybody know where I'm at today. So I'm actually standing outside the hangar at Skydive Fargo while I'm doing this podcast with you. Oh, nice. So if you hear, <laughs> if you hear the random airplane going by, that's actually students here at the school and jumpers here at the school that are... Uh, loading up and then skydiving so during our last section i was kind of giggling to myself as the shadows of the parachute canopies were passing over us <laughs> so if you hear like a fabric ripple in the background you're hearing the canopy of one of the parachutists coming in sounds good sounds good are you going to go skydiving afterwards we will see we will see uh, there's uh, there's an intent behind everything that i do <laughs> uh, i am jealous <laughs> so now you i want to circle something back and i want to highlight the company that you're trying to structure and also you know the groups that you're working with so PAX was something that you brought up during our first conversation can you speak to that a little bit for the listeners please Yes, yeah, so PAX program, it's, it's uh, P-A-X, which is the Latin word for peace, was founded by my mentor, Allison Armstrong. So she has been doing classes, gosh, her body of work started over 30 years ago, really. She started researching men and women. And um, as far as her journey goes and how it you know, leads into the work we're doing is she really, um, so she, like she started actually here in Orange County in California studying the homeless population. And she found in her work that over 50% of the homeless population at that time was under the age of 18. Wow. So in her engineering mind said, okay, well, let's work this backwards. Like why, why is it like this? And what she ended up finding out is that it, there was a direct tie to broken homes or the tension in the homes. So it was either divorce or just that the, there was so much tension and fighting going on in the homes that they felt safer out on the street than they did in their own home. I can and, relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think unfortunately too many people can. And yep. in, in her personal life, she was just crashing and burning relationship after relationship after relationship. And she's like, okay, like, we've got to figure this out. What's going on? And so, you know, so looking at, you know, looking at, okay, so where's the breakdown? Well, the breakdown is was between the parents, you know, and she's looking at how do we fix this for kids? And so she's like, okay, she's like, so what if we could help heal and mend that relationship, you know, the interactions between men and women you know, and like that, that was, you know, part of her solution to how she could make a change for, for children and for, for the homeless population. So she started studying men and then through that studying women and a lot of her work, it's like at a scientific level, it really gets down to like, we shed awareness and bring light to instinct. So we're actually looking at how our biological, like the wired in, 
you know, factory installed instincts cause tension and frustration, um, you know, how are our producing instincts, I should say, um, because our instincts, you know, say anybody who's heard of like John Gray, the whole men are from Mars, women are from Venus, um, we are that opposite. And it's, uh, you know, I'm even today and it's, uh, I was going to say, with, without going into, you know, the hours of course, but I mean, it, and it's not even as anymore men and women, you know, and we, we actually teach it more as like a, if, your, uh, if your brain is an operating system, a computer, then which mode are you running in? And it's all, right. it all goes back to our biological reproductive hormones. Is running so it's going to change how your instincts, how you react in interactions. So a great way to succinct, succinctly describe that is that, and this is where a lot of people have misunderstanding. Um, is that you have to understand that that emotional gravity that you bring into a situation with others really does impact everybody around you. So if you're coming into something with a negative or, you know, high tension stress attached to it, and you don't know how to put people at ease and put yourself at ease, you're actually perpetuating that that stress marker to where people have a hard time dealing with you um and i i realize that a lot of people have a hard time really conceptualizing that but positivity is such a massive part about what you guys bring to the table for the people that you interact with they don't most people don't understand that you need to be very positive in your interactions because if you micromanage anybody especially when they're dealing with like a ptsd situation you're just in the way more than you're helping it's and i know you know what i mean by mm -hmm. saying that mm -hmm. that there's a proper way to coach proper way to support and most people haven't learned how to be those enablers and empowerers this is why I get a kick out of the work that you do because your team absolutely gets that empowerment aspect. Yes. Can you speak to that a bit more? Yeah, I would say, well, and what is I'm listening to what you were just saying, one thing that's coming up to me, see, is the problem is that when we don't fully know and grasp just how different we are, you know, especially, and I'm going to say men and women, like as a generalization, you know, when we like, you know, or we use like the masculine versus feminine mode, however you want to say it. But when we don't realize how different we actually are, we, we tend to, and this is how society has taught us everything. We tend to relate to each other as if we are different versions of ourselves. So right, women exactly. will relate to men as if, you know, that's why we, you know, we want to share all the details about our day, you know, just like a girlfriend. And then when, you know, when you're asking us, okay, well, what's the point of what you're just telling me, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. because our brains are, you know, because as a man, you know, you're looking for like, okay, what is the point or what's the problem? That's what you're listening for. You know, we, we, we speak differently. We listen differently. We have different needs. Everything is so different. And when we don't understand those differences, we that that's where the hurt feelings that's where the frustration and that's where we actually end up pushing each other away in relationships because we have expectations that you know of the other being that you know that you're going to react 
the way I would react in that situation. And then you don't. Absolutely. Well, and and to label that is that too many people operate under an assumption of stress or rejection. They suppose that that's what's going to happen. So that's what they automatically cue themselves to respond to where the truth of the matter is if they focus on the positivity of the exchange and the interaction with others you get much better responses from people yeah well and and a big part of it is the awareness of the other person's point of view and the world that they're living in that's really Mm -hmm. what all of our classes are about is is about you know how our opposing instincts, how we see the world differently and like really being able to almost like step in the shoes or like see things from their point of view. Cause everything that we do, all of our interactions, every, all the choices that each one of us makes is all determined by the point of view from which we see the world. And, Absolutely. you know, just, you know, for example, you know, like for girls, like I was saying, so say like as a girl and a guy, like say if we, you know, if we were, if we were dating in a relationship, so say I'm, you know, I'm sitting and I'm wanting to talk to you, you know, say you just walk in after a long day of work and I want to sit down and I just start overloading you with details of my day and I'm talking and you, you know what I mean? And, and I haven't even given you time to like take your shoes off, right? Because I'm treating you like that's how, if you were a girl, it would be very natural. Like you come in and we instantly, we want to connect. And so I'm going to treat you, you know, I'm treating you as if you were a girlfriend and I'm expecting you to give me the love and the connection and, and all that back. And when I don't get that from you, then my feelings get hurt. And it's not because you meant to hurt my feelings, but it's because, you know, because you're, you see the world differently, you know, in your mind, as a man, you're single focused, you've got, you know, you need to come home, you need to transition from what you've been doing. Um, you know, you're, you're not wired to, for the connection. Like you don't need it the way women do. So basically I'm, you know, like I'm expecting you to react as a girl does. And when you don't, I get mad, I get my feelings hurt. And then because of that, you get in trouble. Does that make sense? Or does that that spark any memories? Like that's how it tends to go. Um, And so just by, just by shedding the, the awareness, like I say, on the differing operating systems and how we see the world, often what will happen is, you know, I mean, people can go through like a, you know, we have the two to three day uh, totally transformational workshops, you know, curriculum that I went through and you come out of it and you, it literally changes the point of view from which you see the world. You know, it changes how you interact with, with the opposite sex, how you interact with, you know, with, people of your same sex with yourself. And, and there's a lot of healing that occurs because then those interactions where before I would have gotten my feelings hurt, you know, because I was assuming or expecting you to react the way a woman would react. Now I understand that, okay, you know, like he's not misbehaving. He's not doing it to hurt my feelings. You know, he's just coming from a different point of view. And so when, when the awareness of how we see the world differently, you know, when that comes into play, then that's when you get to choose the, the reactions or, or the, the responses, I should say. Um, that's when you get to choose the response to act in partnership. So knowing that your partner, you know, is coming, is, is seeing this same situation from a different point of view, you know, how do you come together and work together in partnership? 
as opposed to, you know, just going on from, <laughs> you know, from how you saw right. it before. It's literally a key as- point of view. Absolutely. One of the key aspects there is that when you're focusing your energy on the people around you, that you really need to go out of your norms and ensure that you're sharing positivity, that you're sharing joy, that you are listening to their reactions and putting them at ease. And if you're not able to get the people at ease around you, that that's when it doesn't matter what type of a value proposition you're bringing there. If they're not easy with you and in the situation, they can't make a decision. The emotional blockage throws up the inability for them to see that you are bringing a win-win situation into the conversation and you need to be able to speak to their self-interest. And yeah. When people don't understand each other's self-interests is where you have great conflict sometimes, like you're describing, you know, that download period after you get off of work, that being able to come home and know that you're allowed to take a deep breath, take your shoes off, relax, that, you know, in some instances that there's someone there already with a cup of coffee for you going, hey, welcome home. Um, that, that structure is absent for a lot of people because popular media says that we're supposed to arm wrestle our existence into what it, what we feel like it's supposed to be. And when you put the feel in there, if you're not a hundred percent zeroed with your emotional well-being you start seeing these adverse interactions with your environment completely out of emotional reaction. Yes. So yeah, that's, that's, that's one part that people really need to be able to expand their mind past is can you forget yourself in the moment and be accepting of the stress and tension of the other person? in a beneficial fashion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying the thing, the thing about instinct is that, so, you know, when we look at the two different parts of our brain, I mean, our biological instincts come from, you know, like the fight or flight response that the survival instincts are all in the limbic system part of our brain. So what people call like the brainstem, the reptilian brain versus the prefrontal cortex, which is what I like to call the executive branch. And that's where the conscious thought and the decisions occur. And the thing about instinct is that the instinct part of our brain, the limbic system, that will react to a given stimuli Um, you know, to our environment, um, typically about half a second to three seconds faster than the prefrontal cortex will. And Mm -hmm. so that's why, you know, like you'll have those moments where, you know, where it's like, you know, some people, it might be like yelling, screaming, going crazy for a moment. And then you like, you like, you sit back and you're like, that wasn't me. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. That wasn't me. No, that was like your caveman or your, <laughs> your cavewoman. That was, you know, some survival instinct reaching out and just reacting rather than responding. Mm-hmm. That, that's why you have in so many, I mean, even, you know, across all different religions, different spiritual practices, they talk about the importance of breath 
taking a deep breath because literally what that deep breath allows for is it gives your prefrontal cortex time to catch up with your brainstem. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, yeah, when by doing that, we're giving our, we're bringing in, you know, what we we call like the, the human spirit side of things. So that's the conscious choice. That's when we allow the conscious choice and that's where positivity resides too, right? Everything is a choice, happiness is a choice, but that's where we allow that choice to come into the interaction that we are in the middle of. So rather than reacting to, to what the other person is doing, what they're saying, you know, the, the stress, whatever the situation is going around us, we can actually bring that, um, that conscious thought and choice to it and make a different decision in the moment. So we can respond rather than react. And that's a huge part of, you know, like bringing it back to working with those with PTSD is one thing that I found is that, um, Number one, I, I know there's, you know, I've heard, heard it both ways, but I've heard a lot of people over the years, they talk about PTS as though it is um, a forever condition or something that can't be cured. And I've actually found the exact opposite to be true. Um, but in order for the healing to occur, you know, there's a lot of a, a key part of it is having that solid support system around you in order to, ha- you need a safe environment to heal. You know, the the warrior has to be able to take off the armor and get down to what's going on inside and get it out. Um, And the problem is, is there is, you know, they, there are not enough of them have people around them that they feel safe actually opening up to. And so that, that is a key part. Absolute truth. I think that's a perfect analogy that you need to be able to have yourself in a space where you can take the armor the emotional armor off and set it off to the side and let yourself actually feel with intention positivity and to be able to relax, to be able to breathe, to be able to release. Otherwise you get stuck in that negative feedback loop and too many people uh, that haven't been through those experiences don't realize that once you put a positive feedback loop in replacement of a negative feedback loop, it's, it's like opening the curtains on the window of a brand new day. You know, Mm -hmm. the sun shines differently when you put a positive bent onto your life. Mm -hmm. So I I know where I want to go in the next section with you. So I'm going to throw a quick break in here and then we're going to be right back. Okay. Sounds good. back with Sabrina on the Raven Rising podcast. So I want you to come on a journey of thought and have you express yourself down this road because it, it speaks to the people that will be interacting with you and conscious decisions. When you're, when you're dealing with consciousness, um, how do you like to structure those baby steps to people that you first encounter to get them started on that path of having proper intentional positive conscious decisions happening in their lives rather than the reactive emotional well the first the first step in any sort of transformation is to bring awareness to where you're at 
So you have, you have to be, you have to know, and you have to be honest with yourself about where you're at and where you're starting from in order to, you know, then know how, you know, what is going to be the path to getting to where I want to go. So in order, you know, in order to, to plan the journey, like in order to put coordinates into your GPS, you know, you've got to have both your starting location and your end result. So you need to know where you're starting from. And all of our classes, all of it, all this, all this, the stuff that we do, it all starts with bringing awareness, um, you know, teaching the true differences, you know, in, in our instincts. And so, you know, and we talk about how different we are, you know, I mean, there's, we, we speak for different reasons. We, you know, we communicate for, to, for different reasons. We listen in different ways. We feel safe, you know, the things that we need to feel safe. Um, and I'm going to, you know, kind of like broadly generalize this between men and women are very, very different. Um, and I, I mean, and there's just a list of things. I mean, even down to our eyesight, like our eyesight is different and it's it mm -hmm. all, it's all tied back to the hormones and who's, who's running the show. And so there's, you know, we have an intro class that we call, um, it's like understanding men and women as hunters and gatherers. So we use the hunter gather archetype or we'll use like caveman, cave women as well. And so, cause people can relate, you know, to those kind of archetypes and the, I mean, the first step for anything, like I say, just, it's bringing awareness to what's actually going on and how, you know, how, how we're, how we're reacting in, in any given interaction as opposed to responding. And those quite honestly, I'm like, there's so much healing that goes on just in bringing awareness to it and like shedding the light on all these different ways, you know, I mean, people constantly, you know, you'll, you'll hear there's, we hear a lot of laughter in our classes, you know, cause that's that moment where you're like, <laughs> yeah, I totally do that. <laughs> I totally do that. Or, you know, or when we have couples, you know, you'll see them elbowing each other. Like you do that. <laughs> and I mean, and we like to make it fun, you know, although it's, you know, when I, when I explain it from like a scientific level as far as the biological hormones how they influence our brains and behavior like it sounds kind of boring but we make it fun you know we we like to laugh I think you have to laugh at yourself and um and then on a whole other level you know bringing laughter laughter actually opens us up to learning so um but yeah you, you have to know where you're starting I guess that would be the direct answer so that's where we start is just mm -hmm. you know bringing out uh, the true, the true differences and how our instincts run us. And even just bringing the awareness because we all seem to be under, or yeah, I was going to say the majority of us, I think are under the assumption that we are in full control of our lives and we don't realize how much instinct actually runs us and runs our lives. And when we're not aware of how it runs our lives, then we are, we're at its mercy. Oh, absolutely. Um, that the best way for in my past to, to relate with that is on the emotional front, when I had to get up on the high ropes course, or I'm working as a rigger when I was doing lights and sound and I'd be, you know, a hundred feet up off the ground to where your mentality 
for the average person would be, you know, there's no way I'm climbing up this ladder. There's no way that I'm going to be a hundred feet off the ground hanging off of this cable. Mm -hmm. But once you have that EQ, that emotional intelligence in place to be, you know, perceptive enough to realize that this benefits me from being able to control myself here, to be able to handle the stress and to be relaxed in the stress yet completely cognizant of what I'm trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's a perfect story too, to, you know, you're talking about your, so your instinct is the part, you know, like the the caveman, so to speak is saying, you're going to get that high up. Like you could die. (laughs) You know, it's looking, instinct is looking at the danger, right? The survival side of it. But then like your conscious brain is like, okay, no, look, <laughs> this is what we're actually going to accomplish. And it, you know, it's, it's, and that's, that's a human victory. Like that's a victory of human spirit being able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I really like is so during our advanced conversation of you coming on the podcast is that I see what some of your progression and what your future focus looks like. And the, the offerings that you're going to be bringing to the table for the general public eventually, but also to your niche audience there with the Marines and being down in Southern California, um, that you're growing your impact and influence amongst you and your team to be able to help more people. I, I think that that's one of the most delicious aspects of looking at what you've been accomplishing is that there's this increase on the iteration and that you're able to get more people into the program that you're sharing with Mm -hmm. them. That's why I wanted you on here is that if we can get, you know, five people that, you know, are former Marines that might be dealing with PTSD, they want to get ahead of it before the divorce, get ahead of it before they have the suicidal iteration thoughts Mm -hmm. and understand that there is this program here to where they're able to step outside of that fight or flight zone, relax, and your team is able to help them get lined back up with life properly so that that PTSD is an episode, not an ongoing legacy. Uh. That was very beautifully stated. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Can, can I share a little bit about the progress? Because there's even been some stuff just this week that is like blowing up on the, on the US oh, stage. I'm so excited. Um, yeah. So we started and this too, I think would, you know, like I say, even for those who aren't connected to the military community, like as entrepreneurs, um, you know, this is, it, it's, it's a, I mean, it, it's the entrepreneurial path, you know, it's, it's how things work. And, Um, one of the real lessons that I've learned in this journey is about the power of connections, you know, and it's like connecting with people wherever I go, which I've never really had a problem making friends, um, you know, but not being afraid to talk about what you're up to. So whatever your business is, whatever your vision and your mission is like, I, I will talk about it to anybody who will listen. And where <laughs> and so gosh back two years ago I 
I was actually doing, I was at a, a military family day and this is when like the, the idea of expanding into even like what we're doing now, it was just like a, a seed, you know, it was like, I knew I wanted to do it. I didn't know how. And so I was actually, I was, the role I was playing that day was representing the USO, uh, you know, on base, it's military family day. And so the gentleman who was sitting next to me at another booth works directly with the DOD. And so we're talking in between times and he's starting to ask me, okay, well, what do you do in the rest of your life? So I start sharing with him my, my dream and my vision. And like, this is what I want to do when I'm sharing with him about, you know, this, this work that I've, you know, learned through Allison's body of work and how it changed my life. And he's, oh my God, he's like, I love this. And so, and he's like, okay, he's like, well, what are your capabilities? Are you ready to expand? Are you, and he, you know, and he's talking like big picture how, you know, and I, and I'm like, my eyes are getting really big. So I was like, oh gosh, I've got a lot of work to do. Like <laughs> I need to figure out how I'm going to do all this. And so he's like, well, I'll tell you what, when you're ready, you reach out to me. So, so it's been a journey. You now it's, it's taken longer, you know, two years later, right. I've, you know, it, it, it's been a slower journey than I expected, but I do believe in divine timing. And so um, you know, we've gotten all these things in place. I have a business partner named David, who's absolutely awesome. And we actually met through, um, his, his, uh, now ex-wife runs the, is one of the workshop managers at PAX programs. So we met through the community, you know, he, he and his wife had gone through the curriculum. I went through the curriculum. We met through that community and we, you know, we had a shared vision about being able to bring this into the military community. So we had been, it's over two years, <laughs> the last two years working on what between like making license agreements with Allison Armstrong and PAX programs and to be able to, you know, to leverage her body of work. And we actually mm -hmm. are the, she's never done this for anyone else. So it's literally like we were like making, you know, there's no cookie cutter to this. So um, it took us about a year going back and forth with her and getting those agreements in place. And then, um, it was, you know, just all the things we had to do. There's different registries as far as, you know, that we have to register our company with, including yep. creating a company, you know, so we had to get all these foundational pieces in place before, because our end goal was to go from teaching. So since 2015, we've been teaching as volunteers and we've been funding this all out of our own pocket. So we've been teaching classes um, at, two, two, primarily two different bases here in San Diego. So at Camp Pendleton and the Balboa Naval Station. And we've been doing these, these two hour classes for free um, with, with several different units. And we started with the Wounded Warrior Battalion. And what we were seeing out of this, you know, and I mean, I tested, like I have testimonials. Um, I, so our website for this, mm -hmm. I'll say if anybody's, you know, online multitasking is understand men and but we've got uh, meals and we were, and I mean, we we're having, you know, people that would do a two hour, you know, just a two hour class, which was like the basics, you know, the fundamentals of how the differences in instinct. And they would say, right. oh my gosh, our marriage has done a 180, you know, like the arguments are 30% of what they were doing after two hour class. And, and the people in leadership were taking notice too. They're like, okay, like, this is you guys are onto something this is different than anything else we're getting you know we need you to expand so you know so, so we've got all these different things going on and Dave and I are like okay well you know in order for us to do this on a larger level we need 
we, this needs to be a company and like, we need to get paid for it. You know, in order to put more of our time into expansion, obviously, you know, we, we still have to keep a roof over our head <laughs> and we have to do all this. So, and that's yep. part of where the licensing came in with Allison Armstrong is as opposed to just being able to teach some of what, what she considered like the community teachings that we're allowed to go out and do for free is how can we get the full curriculum, you know, the curriculum that I paid for, you know, to go through myself as a civilian, um, this curriculum that she's been providing for 25 years now um, across the US, UK, Canada, like how, how do we get that, you know, how can we provide that major, like the ninja level transformational classes with the military? And so that's where we're, that's where mm -hmm. we're headed is, you know, is, is um, when I talk about like getting a contract, setting us up to be able to get a contract with the government is, you know, is to actually provide these 16 to 20 hour transformational workshops to, you know, to be able to provide to the military, like across the US, across the world, like that's where we're headed. And so. So what are, what are some of the key things that you are wanting to see if we're going to speak things into mm -hmm. being what are some of the things that you would like to be able to accomplish here in the next quarter to be able to allow you to exercise your practice here, to be able to really make it come around and go full circle? What are you needing to put into place at this point that maybe a listener is able to help with? So our big goal over the next quarter, um, I've is primarily been focused on fundraising. And so, like I say, up until now, we've been doing classes in San Diego County, which is where David and I both preside and, and the rest of our team, um, you know, that support us. We've been doing it as volunteers and we've been funding everything, like in all the foundations of the business out of our own pocket. And in order for us to even to get to the point of getting a, a contract and being able to fulfill the larger picture, um, we have to be able to provide these these classes, these two-hour classes, at different bases across the country, uh, still you know on our dime, so to speak. So um, I've really been mm -hmm. focusing lately on you know sending out um, letters asking for help. As you know, it's it's something like at this point that in order to really get out and show the impact that we can make, and you know just spread this work outside of San Diego, we need help on the funding side. Um, you know, so people who are, who are like-minded, who support what we're doing, who, you know, who would be willing to help us with any amount, but to be able to get these classes, you know, to be able to go to North Carolina and Texas and, you know, Virginia and, you know, <laughs> wherever the bases are, but to be able uh -huh. to, uh -huh. to expand the work that we're doing now, um, you know, to get to that point. So it's like the next phase that that's what the next phase is all about is like, is expanding the classes and the work that we're doing now on a grander scale. Um, yeah. And, and we need help. We, <laughs> we need help to do it. So, so ultimately what you're trying to accomplish is to find a way to evergreen your source material in this aspect of when you're talking about funding, that's going to be money. Mm -hmm. So what I would like to be as a resource here is that's why you're on the show is to help you get the message out there so that we can start developing a relationship with 
the general public with you so that they understand that when you're coming to them and you're saying, hey, we're looking for your assistance and funding what we're doing, that they understand what it is that you're accomplishing so that they see, you know, being a donor goes way beyond just themselves. It goes way beyond just you as a person that there are all these different Marines that are out there that you're going to be contacting and eventually additional service personnel that you are changing the lives of for the better. I mean, to the point where they see their marriage as a beneficial, healthy, good thing versus being those guys that, you know, end up staring at a top of a beer bottle all day long and their relationship goes to shambles around. Yes. Yes. And that goes back. I mean, like one of my, I mean, my, my core beliefs are, you know, what I would say like tagline, so to speak around this work is that stronger individuals make stronger family units, stronger family units, you know, for our, for our community, it makes a, you know, stronger military, a stronger military makes a stronger country, stronger country makes a stronger world. Like, I mean, but it all starts at home with the individuals. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the healthier that they're able to be at home, the healthier that, you know, all structures of the team environment that they're tied to improve. And this is, this is, uh, I'm going to throw a break in here so that we can redirect the thought that I have there. Um, So we'll be right back. And I want people to start really paying attention to what I'm going to lay down for the thought process here. And I think you're going to enjoy this ride, Sabrina, um, because it, it transforms the world that they're in to the trans- transformation of the world that they want to be in. Yes. So we'll be right back with that after the break. Awesome. Thank you. And we're back with Sabrina. So I think one of the key things that people need to see is the end goal when they're understanding the conversation going on between you and me, that when you're helping people with PTSD and the family members around the people with PTSD, that it takes a unified understanding of end goal. It's where you actually have that family communication going on where the father and the daughter understand, Hey, dad, this is what I want to get out of life. And this is how I need you to be empathetic around me to achieve this. And in response, I will be empathetic back to you so that you're living in the world that you want. And it comes down to being able to have all parties speak to that. Do you see that being a major component for you? Oh, definitely. I was going to say, and I just like what I'm picturing as you're saying that, because I'm a very visual person, is ripples. The mm-hmm. ripples that go across, you know, and it's like, I mean, I, you know, I, I learned this. I learned this even so in learning, you know, in my online business, which like I say, I've been doing to, to, to put a roof over my head over the last year. Um, one of the things that I've really learned from mentors in that area, you know, I'm learning the path to entrepreneurship and the importance as an entrepreneur that, you know, you're in order to really market your business, to have a successful business, you have to know who you're speaking to. So you have to know your audience, which, you know, for me and the sake of what we're talking about is the military, military and it extends to the veteran community, but primarily the military. And 
I have to know how to speak to them. However, when it comes to fulfilling the vision, you know, the, the mission and the vision in the, you know, even though I'm, I'm choosing a certain pool of people to work with, the ripples are going to extend out into the world. Mm-hmm. You talk about creating, you know, creating the world you want. So even though they might be in the military now, you know, changing, changing the dynamic and the strength of the individuals of, you know, their family units, they're, they're not just members of the military. They're also members, they're American citizens and, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're human beings and they're a part of this world. So every, every individual that we can empower, every family unit that we can make stronger, that all goes back to what we say, like stronger communities, stronger country, you know, as, as a human race, it makes us, you know, just empowers us more. So the ripples that it makes, like whatever you're doing in your own business, um, you know, even though you're targeting a certain pool of people is the key to really getting your message out, you know, knowing still that your bigger mission is going to make an impact, you know, that by changing one person's life, like you're going to touch, I can't remember what they call that. It's, uh, you know, it's like a certain kind of effect, but you know, it's like you, like you, you change one person and you make those ripples out. And then that, that change that it makes in their life can affect 10 others and 10 others, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's infinite. It's infinite. And I think the, the individuals, the pet, like the, the true impact that we can actually have on the world. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when people really begin to iterate on, spreading a positive impact on all those people that they that they encounter in a day in a joyful manner in a positive manner that you might just be that one smile or that one good morning that helps put that other person back into a positive feedback loop and you're helping everyone around you come out of their negative feedback loop um you know, this morning, for example, I know this will sound a little cheesy, but it's pertinent where I was at a convenience store picking something up before I came out here to the hangar. And the gentleman in line before me was upset that he had to answer questions for the lady behind the counter. The whole interaction was aggressive between the two of them. And I made a point that when I came up to the counter afterwards, that I made the eye contact with the woman behind the counter. I said, you know, thank you very much. You know, uh, this is what I was wanting to be able to get from you. You know, I appreciate, you know, your help. And it, it totally changed her dynamic. It was like watching a flower bloom because then the smile came onto her face. She remembered why she liked being at work. And you know, that ripple effect is then if she's happy at work and she's having a good time and she's telling everybody to have a good day to where the next person that walks through the store is able to bring that positive energy out. So we're definitely, you know, wavelength creatures as humans. And, you know, it's not a Pollyannic thing to say that if you spread joy to others, it really does improve the world around you. It makes a massive difference. And 
we forget sometimes to internalize that into our own home. Some people, they're, they, they have a mask at work where they're doing the fake friendly. And when they get home, that they maintain that instead of, like you say, take that emotional armor off and be vulnerable, be transparent and be, you know, open to the wavelengths of the people in your home and share the positivity there. That's key, especially dealing with people with PTSD because they need to have those safe environments to go into. Yes. And well, and that's the key. That's the key to everything is safety. And that's where, where the breakdowns occur is that again, like when we assume or we interact with each other as if we're different versions you know, like if I'm interacting with you as if you're going to react to the world and see it the way I do, um, that's where the misunderstandings occur. So in order to, you know, like what would create a safe environment for you to take off that armor is very different than what it takes for me to do it. And that's where the mm-hmm. breakdowns occur in, in home. And even like when, when we, you know, when we're talking about, you know, one of the things that I really realized, and I think when I when I actually realized that this body of work was more than just creating healthy partnerships, you know, like, like, like that's what it's okay. That's what we're doing. But that's when I think it really set into my heart, the impact that it could make was that after I went through this curriculum, so like when it changed my life, so I totally changed the point of view from which I was seeing the world from which I was interacting with people. And then, you know, and I'm still throughout this whole journey, I'm continuing, I'm still working with the Wounded Warrior Battalion. And so back in 2013, when I had, you know, when I was going through these classes and, and changing my point of view of everything was when, you know, at the time we were still, we were in Afghanistan, we were having, you know, we had a lot of, um, a lot of wounded and, and the guys were coming back. And so the majority of the battalion at that point were combat wounded. And a lot of them, the majority of them had PTSD in addition to whatever other injuries they had. And so I found that just by, by using the, and I don't want to say, I mean, it's, I guess you could call it a tool, you know, I mean, it's like we, we learn tools, but really what it is, is it's, it's a new way of being, you know, so I'm, mm-hmm. I, I listen differently now, like knowing, knowing what it takes for, um, you know, to create a safe environment for a man, you know, I, I can interact with, with men now. So I interact with these guys from the point of what they need to feel safe and not what I need to feel safe. So mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. you know, so I found and, and the leadership, you know, the, the, the Sergeant major, um, especially, and, you know, other members of their leadership team, they started noticing how, you know, it's like the guys, like when they needed to talk, they were coming to seek me out, you know, so that it went from, I went from like handing out water bottles and, you know, kind of, like having roles where I was doing something to contribute to the events to where they like the commanding officer and the Sergeant major would say, no, we don't want you to do anything. We just want you to show up, just be here. Cause they knew that just like my presence and the interactions and the, the relationships that I was forming, you know, the friendships um, was making a difference in for the healing process. And, and a lot of it just had to do with listening differently. You know, just Tune being in. able to listen. And... I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you just said. Oh, the the key thing that I'm, I'm envisioning there is that when you're not stuck with the tasks of handing out the water bottles, is that you're able to deploy your empathy and you're able to plug in with people. 
you're able to listen to people and then you're able to create that mutual download that you know dialogue between you and that other person that you're able to identify what their needs are and you can't that's why busy work gets in the way of people really executing on the most important aspects of their life is that if you get stuck in the minutia you're not getting the big thing you know, up in front and on the table where it needs to be. And that's why I, I completely see what they're doing with you there to be able to get you out in front of more people because you have that deployable empathy and that listening that you do that benefits people. Yeah. Yeah. And we live in such a technological world that, I mean, people are hungry for that human interaction. And that's what, like you talk about you, people get so busy doing other things that they're not being there with the person they're in front of, you know, it, it drives me crazy, like going out to a restaurant with a friend or, you know, it's like when I go out on a date, when I go out, you know, even just with friends, I'm like, I turn my phone off and I put it and I leave it in my purse. I don't check my phone when I'm there. I'm there to connect with them. And mm-hmm. it's a missing component for too many people, but, um, Yeah. So I talk about like what these interactions is, you know, I, um, what I was able to do for these guys was actually to, you know, like to model and, you know, show them like, this is what a healthy relationship, you know, a healthy friendship, a healthy partnership, like this is what it looks like. And this is, you know, this is what safety looks like when, you know, with, with the healthy interactions, healthy people. And and the results that I was having, and I mean, I still, you know, I, I have guys like now, you know, now all these guys that are, you know, now retired out of the military and they've moved back to, you know, across the country. And I still have guys that call me, you know, I, I have guys that call me when they do, you know, when they're at the point um, of, of being ready to kill themselves and we will sit there. And when I say we talk, what I should say more is I live. You know, but, mm-hmm. but it's not mm-hmm. just, it's not just listening. It's, it's, it's a, it's a very, you know, it's non-judgment and it's more, the safety is created in what I would almost call like the ground rules of like, there's no judgment here. There's nothing you can say to me. That's going to change anything about what I think about you, how I feel about you, how much I respect you, how much I admire you, like, you know, just spill. Mm-hmm. And because of the, the root of a lot of, you know, I think why things why so many, you know, problems, especially like me- a lot of mental health things or the things around PTS, what gets in the way of healing is them feeling like they need to keep everything inside and not having yep. a safe outlet to get it out. And so just having that, you know, a person who they know they can go to and they can get out the things that are going on in their head, um, that makes a huge difference in the healing process. And so, oh, absolutely. No, yeah. that, that's critical. That yeah. is 100% critical. Yeah. If people want to be able to break the, the negative feedback loop of de- depression, if they want to break the negative feedback loop of PTS, that they need to be able to get themselves to uh, 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 positioning in their life with the safety circle around them, with their circle of influence, with their friends and family to where they're able to have that real release download breathe moment without judgment so that they're able to just let go of that negativity, be able to re-envision what the next steps are moving forward to make a better life 
and that you know it, we go through shit <laughs> uh-huh. i'm not going to have an issue saying that we all go through shit in our lives and we can't expect to all by ourselves to know all the tools of getting through that no human was given an automatic blueprint of oh i feel bad or i feel that my life's on the wrong track how do i properly change that we're not given that by default that's why people like you are so important to transitioning veterans that you know at whatever stage they are in their experience that their emotional well-being is nurtured properly so that they can deal with those stresses of life and come out at the back end of it at the end of their day and be able to go home and know that, hey, you know, everybody around me is better for what I did today. And I'm better for what I did today. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that's the real long term that we're trying to build here is get people to where they can come home, you know, and home not necessarily being just a place but that the world that they surround themselves in, their home people, their home team, you know, their home hangar, if you're going to go skydiving, is a safe environment mm-hmm. to where they're able to be themselves and really find that bucket list dream of theirs to execute and get it done. Yes, yes. And then that brings it kind of back around both, you know, as an entrepreneur and like, how do you fulfill your mission, your, your mission and your visions on a grander scale is, you know, for me, it was like, okay, so I know firsthand, you know, I'm seeing the impact that this can have. I'm seeing the impact that, you know, just, you know, by me using the tools, you know, using, taking all the, you know, what I learned from Allison's body of work and how it changed my life and then seeing how it had the impact on, you know, on these combat veterans who are coming back or, you know, the the Marines and, and saying, okay, well, you know, that's great, you know, and I, and I, like I say, I mean, I don't, and I'm not trying to lessen the impact that I've had, you know, but then I'm like, okay, so now how do we bring this out on a grander scale? Well, I can't clone myself, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and I, and I don't, I, I, there's no way I can have a relationship with everybody that serves in the military and all the veteran communities. So what better way to, to spread that out than to teach the spouses and the family members and those around, you know, around them, how to be able to, you know, to be that safe space for them, you know, as I'm able to do with my friends. And so then Mm -hmm. that comes back to that's our body of work. That's what we're trying to expand is, you know, is how do we like, um, you know, one of the, um, on our website, it's, you know, we, we teach and empower the family members and the support systems, how to be that first line of defense around resiliency and readiness. Cause I think today too, there's a, there's a, I think society kind of pushes, you know, whenever that, whenever any problems come up, they want to push you towards like a, a mental health professional, you know, they want to push you towards the professionals, go to marriage counseling, go to, yeah. this, go to that. As opposed to, I'm like, well, what if your family and those closest to you, like, that's how, that's how it was back in the day. You know, that, that's how, even how our country was founded, right? If we want to get down to that, it's like family units and communities, like, you know, they would go to those, at, you know, the churches were the ones reaching out and helping before you went, you know, and that, that's how it should be. It should. Well, be I think one of the key things, yeah, one of the key things that 
people, and this is um, more of a chemical aspect of this though. Um, actually, I'm looking at the timer. I'm going to throw a break in here. We're going to come back in a moment and I want to discuss the endorphin aspect of positivity and how it impacts people that are recovering from PTSD so that they, they start to have even a chemical understanding of how this improves the world around them. So we'll be right back after the break with that. Sounds good. back with Sabrina. So I wanted to dive down a different direction with you, but I think that you'll appreciate where I'm going to take this. Mm-hmm. When people are dealing with post-traumatic stress, and the, it, this is boundless, but when we as humans interact, we deploy different endorphins in our brain, in our body, that affect how we stand that affect how we smile that affect how we you know ultimately to be a huge blanket feel but that it goes beyond that 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 endorphin rush of positive interactions with others and you learn that endorphin growth that happens between both of the people that you learn how to nurture on even on a chemical front how to make people be more at ease with themselves and with you that you're looking for that positive endorphin feedback loop and joy. You know, I, I, I know some people aspect of joy there, but when you talk to joy on a chemical aspect between a group of people that when you learn how to deploy those endorphins without a telephone in your hand, without a TV screen in front of you, you know what I'm saying? That yeah. it's, it's and that you need to humanize that endorphin aspect. You need to humanize that endorphin gathering with the individuals around you because it feeds back onto itself again. Like you treat someone well and they treat you well that creates that space to where all of you are able to relax and enjoy your company. And if you can enjoy and be safe on a chemical level amongst people where your brain actually starts dropping some of those emotional walls to where your creativity starts to flow and creativity doesn't necessarily mean painting a portrait. Creativity could be just designing your emotional interactions with people around you so that everybody's better for what you've just accomplished and they all gain, you gain. Everybody, you know, is like, this is awesome. I feel good about this. I like the way this feels. That, that's a massive part of obviously marketing and business, but in a PTSD sense, having that positivity structured into your life, having the ability to have those core people around you that are building you and that you build them, especially on that endorphin interaction level, spreading joy is critical. Have you seen um, some of those success stories where people finally get that aha moment that 
if I'm awesome to other people here, they're going to treat me better. And it, and it's going to take time and learning and space, but that we get to this happy place of that, you know, beneficial relationship to where people move forward. Where have you seen that? Where do you have any of those critical stories where you've seen that endorphin loop begin and become self-sustaining? Yeah, I was going to say, so the first, because the first thing that is what's coming to my mind as I'm listening to everything they're saying, yes, I agree with everything that you're saying. And those the, the pause when you talk about the endorphins and I mean, all the, all the happy chemicals, like the, the things that make us feel good, this, the serotonin and the dopamine and the, the oxytocin, which oxytocin is really the bonding hormone, you know, that makes us feel connected to others and to our environment. Those, those can only have a positive impact as in, you know, we talk about like, we can only feel positive, have that happy sense when our survival instincts are not activated. So mm-hmm. our, our caveman, cavewoman, you know, our, our, the instinctual part of our brain has to feel safe and feel like, you know, there are no tigers around the next corner that are going to try and get me. If that is not active, like we can only be happy and experience all the other positivity when the survival part is taken care of. Does that oh, make absolutely. sense? I mean, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a really binary at that point. Yeah. You, you can it as either you're positive or you're negative. And the yeah. energy you put out, whether it's positive or negative, is exponentially rebounded to you amongst the people around you. So if everybody has a good positive mindset, they're open-minded, and you have that environment of your tribe, of your platoon, of your battalion, of your home with a proper positive endorphin feedback loop and everybody's on board there, you just find a relaxation that where you can flow in your life. And if you have negative people throwing up roadblocks or creating like this emotional dilemma that's not necessary. And that's one of the things It's like the people that bring the negativity, they don't understand that that's not necessary. That, that survival instinct of yours, you need to flip the switch and turn it off and look at spreading joy. Otherwise you're just perpetuating this negative feedback loop that yeah. people don't see it in that vision but that's where you need to get to in your headspace is that I'm binary. I either do this to be better or I do this to be worse. I want to be better. And that's a mantra aspect of people with post-traumatic stress is that they need to mantra certain aspects of joy into their life because PTSD is a real pain in the ass. It, it <laughs> by nature wants to suck you back into your negative And you have to openly mentally affect a positive outcome to be, to grow out of it. Yes. And, and you have to feel safe in order to do it. Yeah. Cause I would say too, I mean, a lot of the, gosh, there's so much that goes in, you know, when we're talking about like the positive negative, I mean, it's literal like chemicals in our brain, you know? And I, I don't think that people who, who tend to, dwell in the negative, you know, it's not that they're bad. It's not that they're 
you know, they're horrible mm-hmm. people, but they, you know, they've literally, there's, um, I'm sure you've probably they've heard just gotten, Yeah, they're, they're stuck in a mind trap. Exactly. I, mean, mind- I was going to say, yeah, so the, the term. Mind trap. Yep. Yeah. I would say, so the term, like when we talk about the, um, the, the neurons in our brain, neurons that fire together, wire together. And that's literally how our brains work. And there's these, so there's things, have you ever heard of mirror neurons? Mm-hmm. So it literally, yep. you know, like if we're working like a computer, you know, every time we tell that negative story, you know, whether it's, it, we're going over it in our head or we're saying it to another person, we're, you know, sharing it with a friend. Every time we do that, the mirror neurons, they literally like make a copy. So it's like making another copy of that negative file and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. filing it in another part of our brain. And I think that's, <laughs> yeah, I say there's so many different areas, so many different tangents we could go off on on that. But in order, part of getting back to the, you know, the, the uplifting, the optimistic, the positivity, um, and really what that positive environment creates is a safe environment to heal. That, mm-hmm. That's the end result is what that creates. And when we're stuck in that negative cycle, I mean, one of the best ways to get out of that, honestly, is just to stop telling those negative stories. Oh, 100%. And, You're, and the internal self-speak that people have, like if you, you know, and this is for everybody listening, like if you catch yourself being like, oh, you're dumb, that has an impact. That internal word has an impact on you to where you need to be forgiving with yourself and be cognizant of that to where you're like, you know, actually I'm being too rough on myself here. I'm learning. This is a new life I'm building here. I have to learn how to walk again. I need to be accepting of my limitations and push those boundaries and give myself the positivity to build forward. That comes from within. If yeah. you have a negative record playing in your head, you're not going to feel like you can put a foot in front of the other. If you have that positive endorphin loop going in your life and in your mental conversation with yourself, then you're able to reach new boundaries. You're able to push beyond. And it's so internalized there, that conversation. It has to be positive. You have yeah. to structure your day and bring that positivity and that message forward, or you find yourself trapped back into that negative loop again. And those mirror neuron, you create those you want the future to be. So if you're thinking positive thoughts, you see how to buy your house. You see how to buy your car. You see how to put food on the table. You know, that loop is towards the benefit of yourself versus, oh my God, if I buy that food, it's going to be consumed. You're worried about the loss of it instead of how to build the positivity, build the improvement around yourself. And too many people get stuck on that scarcity mindset. That's, that's key in PTSD yes. is releasing of that negative mindset and getting that positive mindset. Yeah. Well, and scarcity is a instinct that goes back to survival instinct. You know, if you think about us, like if you think about in terms of like the hunter gatherer archetype, it was, you know, we, there are only so many berries out in the field. There are so only so many deer out to be hunted. So there's, you know, there's a scarcity of resources. And because, you know, if you like, again, talking about that archetype, they couldn't jump in the car and drive to Costco. 
you know, so sca- mm-hmm. scarcity is very much, it's such a survival, a survival um, aspect. And, and to um, what you were saying it, you know, when you're talking about like, there's, there's the two different, two different sides when it comes to pulling yourself out of that negative mindset, um, you know, which we're in this case, we're talking about when, when we're dealing with post-traumatic stress and, and going down, going down that, um, that cycle, um, is, you know, there's, there's the pulling yourself out, which pulling yourself out, that takes an incredible amount of, I mean, there's courage on one hand, but, and there's an, a, a, I'm trying to think what the exact word is, but it's, you know, to pull yourself out. I mean, you really, you have to do it in baby steps. Like you can't jump mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. being in a huge negative cycle to, happy, joyful, everything is good. Like, it, you know, our brains don't work that way. So it does no. take baby and, steps. And to speak to that, especially to speak to that, if you're looking to be a performance person and performance, that's not just on stage. That's not just in business, but being a performance positive person in your life. Yeah, that takes baby steps. You, you have to build the world around you to allow you to have that positivity and so there's a lot of step work that's involved there time blocking is huge for that so that you will give yourself that positive time to make those positive steps forward to mold your experience and your emotions around what's best for you on this planet yeah and then the other side to that would be who are you surrounding yourself with and oh, that's how critical. supportive are the people around you. So like I say, like when it comes to, when it comes to working with the guys who have PTS, it's, you know, it, it's, it's starting, you know, like for me, it's, you know, starting by creating that space so that they can actually talk about what's going on in them. You know, how do we get them on, you know, help that, that path to healing is by, creating that space where they can actually get what is inside them outside of them, (laughs) you know, bring it out. And, and that's where, you know, why too, I'm like, it's, there's the people that you surround yourself with. And like I say, I think, um, you know, the, the majority of problems that exist in the home are really because we don't understand how to relate to each other in a healthy manner. And that is mm-hmm. because we don't understand that the person sitting, you know, next to me or across from me has very different needs than I do. And they see the world differently. And, you know, they're, like I say, um, a lot of, like what I see with a lot of the military spouses is it's not that they don't want to help their husband. It's not, you know, they, they love them mm-hmm. to death, but they don't know how to relate to them. So all the things yep. that they do um, you know, all the things that they do, they're doing the exact opposite of what their husband actually needs to, to feel safe enough to open up to start the healing process, you know? So it's like rather, rather than actually helping him and, and being, you know, being on his side for him to feel like they actually have his back. He feels like he has to defend himself against her in addition to everything else he's dealing with. Oh, and that unfortunately I'm- is the negative spiral that often ends to, you know, the 1 a.m. phone calls with, okay, life, I don't think life is in <laughs> worth living anymore, you know, because it's like, wow, I'm just being attacked on too many fronts. 
Yep. So we I, reverse I want engineer to, that. I want to speak to that in the next segment. Um, so I'm going to throw a break in here and uh, let's ping pong this back and forth because I want people that if they're only getting this exposure to you on this podcast and we can put them on a right path and hopefully get them in on, you know, what your curriculum looks like or onto somebody else's positive curriculum that I want to address a couple of things there to benefit all people that encounter this because once that happens, it changes so much. So I'm going to throw this break in and we'll be right back with you, Sabrina. Okay. Sounds good. So one of the things I, 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 I know that you deal with this, but it may not be laid out for a lot of people to see what it turns into that positive relationship structuring for some people needs to get as simple as creating a calendar in there to where even as a husband or wife, you have time created to be grateful for each other, to appreciate each other, to be able to just relax around each other. Because remember when people start dating that you have that great oxytocin of you can just sit on the couch and you groove in each other's personal <laughs> orbit and space and you just breathe. You just enjoy the person there. You know, you let the other negative emotions away and you just share openness with them so that you can both relax over time. Husbands and wives, and I, I'm guilty of this. I, I'm throwing myself on my own sword here is that we get so hung up on different minutia in our personal lives that we forget to give that appreciation and gratitude to the people around us. And when they're not receiving it from us, it's next to impossible for them to share that back to us. And it causes a horrible negative loop. So the positivity here is critical that you have dedicated time with the people that are around you to appreciate them for them to appreciate you you need to have that negative emotions just put in a box and one of the great ways i like to do this is right away in the morning i this is why the miracle morning happens and is so important for people and i don't care if your morning's at 11 or at at five it's not the time of the clock that dedicates success it's headspace it's mindset you need to be open and positive to the people around you so that you get that in response and it's it's hard when husband and wives forget to let go of the scorecard you Mm -hmm. can't keep score on hey you know you didn't put the fork where i wanted it on the table i'm now mad at you that that should not be on the scorecard. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know why it goes on the mean, scorecard, right? Yeah, go for it. Because if, uh, if, <laughs> if you were a woman, you would know that it was in the wrong spot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but exactly, exactly, exactly. But the, the dynamic between the two people is they, you just throw the scorecard away. 
I yeah. love you. You know, I mean, I, I'm here with this person because I am intentionally here to help them be better. I want to be better. I'm better because of this person. That person's better because of me. You don't get there by keeping the negative scorecard. You build a positive scorecard. You do yes. the random stuff to make them smile. When you walk by your husband or wife and you have that ability to kiss them on the shoulder, you know, give them that, that oxytocin and that endorphin to where they're able to just be like, this is why you're here. This is why I'm here. I appreciate you. Thank you for making me safe once again. Mm-hmm. People forget the positive scorecard. So how do you help people get the, the positive scorecard to be the one that really matters to them, to where they stop keeping score on the negativity, but they start keeping score on the positivity? How have you and your team helped people see that realization? Oh, gosh, that's a loaded question. Um, so the first thing that comes to mind is a lot of the things that go on that negative scorecard are actually that those are they're a direct result of the expectations we have around how the other person is going to react or respond or act in any given situation. So we have our own expectations. You know, I, I, I'm expecting you to act how I would act. And because you didn't, I'm now mad at you and you get a negative mark. And that's where a lot of that occurs. So this all comes back to just the awareness, you know, is the awareness of what's going on in the other person's world. What do they need to be safe? What is, you know, what is their love language? What do they need to be, you know, what do they need or need to hear? Or how do, how do they hear, so to speak, love? What looks like love to them? what looks like appreciation. I think we forget or um, a lot of people underestimate the power of appreciation. Um, and I think you, even in your story about the, the grocery store, you know, just by how you interacted with the clerk showing that little spark of appreciation and that you see her, you know, and you see what's going on in her world makes all the difference. You know, it makes those ripples out there to all the other people that came after you in line. And in Mm -hmm. relationship, it's the same. That's where, that's the difference between, you know, an adversarial relationship where we're just, and that's where the scorecard comes, right? Because it's just like, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Um, That's, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, where I I think instinctually, you know, survival instinct is is selfish. It's self-preservation. So we're going into relationships Uh like that as opposed to a partnership, which is truly like, we're in this together, we're a team, we've got each other's back. And that means, you know, seeing from the other person's point of view. And the only way to do that, you know, number one, like I say, is we talk about, you know, and we teach and we, we bring awareness to how, you know, what our opposing instincts are, and then the other thing is for, you know, for the, the more personalized things, you know, so individuals is, you know, you, um, you know, how, how, what love looks like to them, for instance, you have to ask them, you know, people, mm-hmm. we, there's so many expectations in relationships at all different levels. And, you know, well, we expect to know people. To hammer on that word that you just said, expectations. Mm-hmm biggest killer of a relationship is 
expectations. Yes. Unspoken <laughs> expectations are going to destroy you. You need yes. to all, all parties need to be able to verbalize and execute and show in a positive way the open, spoken, known expectations for each other. Yes. When you have an unexpected or an unspoken expectation of someone, they can't measure up. They don't even know how. They don't know what the mark is to shoot for. Mm-hmm. And when have an unspoken expectation between two, three, four, and people don't know what they need to do to make you happy and to meet an expectation, they're, they're, they're targetless. You haven't given them the ability to know, hey, if you do this, it would make my fucking day awesome. And then I will do this in return to make your day awesome. That needs to be out there. That needs to be spoken. And then PTSD people get so stuck in the, the I'm not sharing my expectations with others because I'm afraid that they're going to be let down. That that's, that's one thing they have to hit the brakes on. You need to allow people to know what your expectations of them are so that they can create the positive for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so, gosh, there's so much around that, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's whether you're, whether you're on, like you say, whether you're on a first date, you know, and I mean, we get, I mean, we, gosh, we break it down so much in all the different classes, but it's, we, I think number one, we, we don't realize sometimes that we actually do have expectations about every single moment of what's going to, you know, what's going on in our life. We have expectations about everything and really what happens, really what that negative where all negativity, I would almost say, comes from is having an expectation about how things should be, you know, how would it be in the ideal world? And because our outside circumstances are not presenting that, you know, well, our expectation is not meeting our expectation, that's where the negativity comes in. You know, so we're getting disappointed because our expectations aren't being met. Whereas in relationships, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's all about, so, you know, and, and on like, I mean, I, you know, and, and I had to learn this, right? Like I learned this from Alison Armstrong in dating, you know, after, after, after being divorced and, you know, going through all these, <laughs> these you know, just yep, doing yep. relationships all wrong. You know, I even learned simple things is it's like, well, you know, when I'm, you know, especially like early on in dating and we're going to go out to dinner, you know, telling him like, these, these are my favorite foods. You know, how, how, how do you give him the win? You know, how do you, you know, make sure that you're going to have a happy experience? Well, tell him what you like, you know, don't, don't just throw it out as a game is like, okay, yeah, let, let's see. He's going to plan the date. Let's going to, let's see how good it's going to be. And the same could be when you're married, you know, planning an outing. Well, you know what? I love sushi and I love Mexican. Those make mm-hmm. me happy. You know, to telling your partner what would make you happy, whether it's on a given day and a given moment, uh, you know, in the bigger picture of life, like letting them know, you know, cueing them in. Like in communication is, I think communication is kind of hammered out. People don't, how do I say this? We, I was going to say, because there's a lot of like in the self-help where they just, you know, it's like, oh, the key is just talking more. Well, no, it's not talking more. It's communicating the things that we need to each other in a healthy way. I think the key thing that people really get screwed up on from popular culture is that we watch a half hour TV show and all this dilemma happens and one miracle event happens and everything's happy. It's Mm -hmm. not like that in the real world. We, 
Oh, yeah. We have to spend days and days and days and months and years working on creating that positive influence and environment for ourselves for other people to also be able to enjoy the riches of that positivity. It's mm-hmm. not just a, I read a book and I'm a better person. No, it, you read that book page by page and apply those lessons over time to make yourself better. So if you're digesting like 80 self-help books in a year, power to you, that's monstrous, but you're not practicing what they're telling you. You need to slow down, grab one book, one program, one positive train track to be on and work your way down it, especially with others. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where the rule books gets laid out between you and the people in your life is that you have to listen and interact and put the time investment into a relationship. It doesn't just happen. Snap. Definitely. Yeah. One of my mentors is and he says this all the time is he's like for every hour you spend learning or reading or taking in information, you should be spending at least four hours or more implementing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like what that looks like, like in, in the classes that we teach or when I'm working, even like as a, as a coach, like a life coach or relationship coach with, say with individuals or couples, it's, you know, it's, it's like, we can talk about theory and I can explain to them instinct and stuff like that. But then the, you know, it's like the homework, so to speak is okay. Now go out into your life, go home to your husband, go home to your wife and see, you know, look at the, all these areas that this comes into play. You know, look, look at how this instinct is being triggered, you know, every time that you're in this situation and, you know, and then that, that's where the awareness comes in. So it's, you know, it gets to the point where, you know, in the beginning, you might notice it after the facts. So you're like, oh God, I just did it again. Ah, I reacted again. But then as you train your brain, you know, and this is the implementation part, as you train your brain to notice it, you know, so you've brought the awareness to this is what's going on. I'm I'm, you know, my instinct is being uh, turned on, you know, being, being uh, kicked in when this happens, when this stimulus happens to me, this situation, then you'll get to the point where even in the situation, you're like, oh, okay, this is one of those moments. This is happening right now. And then you get, you know, and then you can graduate to the point where you, you know, you can see it coming on. So, oh, okay, you know what? This is one of those moments I, rather than reacting how I used to react now, I can choose to respond a different way. I can choose to, you know, to not, not respond, you know, maybe it's not saying anything or, you know, I, I can choose to, to a different action that can diffuse a situation as opposed to feeding into that negative energy. And like, and that's where the positivity cycle starts going upwards. It's just, it's just that it's, it's that course. Correct. It's, it's, it's taking that moment, that breath to make a conscious choice in a given situation to respond rather than react. Oh, that's, that's a hundred percent on point, 100% on point. And it takes baby steps. It, it doesn't, you don't just all of a sudden wake up and have like this miracle day. We have to, structure this is why i talk about time blocking with some of the other guests that come on here is that especially when you're coming from the pts background you have to begin all over again you create a calendar of your day you make a point that from seven o'clock to eight o'clock 
I'm only going to bring in this positive message for myself so that it's automatically top of mind for you. So every interaction that you have after that um, results in a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And part of the partnership, like, you know, if they're, if they have, you know, whether it's a spouse or a girlfriend, or even if it's, you know, someone living back home with their parents, whatever it is, is to be in partnership with those around them might be, um, you know, to be able to have those conversations about what do you need? You know, so like, okay, so, you know, when you're, if, you know, if, if you, if you feel yourself going into that negative space, if you feel yourself going dark, seeing red, you know, what do you need from me in that moment? What is the best thing I can do to help you in that moment? And those are conversations that have to be had when they're not in that space. And I think that the, that people need to have part of as the love language is to be able to have an identifier, a word or something that you can share with the people around you so that they know that you're getting into that space so that they can, you know, appreciate where you're at for the moment and just be like, okay, I need to give you five minutes of positive space here. I just need to like, you know, share mm -hmm. my best self with you in this moment so that you're able to move past the negative feedback loop. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think in a lot of the, the trap that we fall in oftentimes is that we are afraid to express what we need or what we would even like in a moment because we're afraid that the other person is going to judge us for having that need. Absolutely. But Absolutely. rather, you know, so having those conversations with our friends or even just letting ourselves off the hook and honoring our need, you know, I mean, I have, I, you know, yeah, I'm at the point and, now and the conversation, yep. And the conversation has to be held with yourself too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, why I think for me, when it comes to personal boundaries and, um, you know, one of the, it was like, it, there was this progression from, cause I used to be the, the yes person. Like I would say yes to everything and I would feel guilty saying no. So everybody knew that they could come ask me for help. Cause I'd always say yes, but I was, I was running myself into the ground. So I first had to oh, learn yes. to say no to the things that I didn't mm -hmm. want to do. And then after that, after I got good at doing that, then I got to graduate to actually being able to say no to things that I did want to do if they would um, have a negative impact on my, you know, my time, my space, my, you know, whatever I yep, have going yep. on, my well-being. If my well-being was going to be affected, you know, if it was going to interfere with my sleep and I had a big project the next day, then I would say no to that. And and like I say, and a part of having supportive relationships around you is being able to communicate that to each other, you know, and then being able to support each other and getting our needs met. Oh, hundred percent. So I'm going to throw a quick break in here and we'll be right back. And I want to let people know how to find you. Um, so that if they're, if they're resonating with what they're hearing here and they want to be able to get more access to this, when we come back, I want to make sure that people know exactly where to find you. Awesome. So one of the key things that I'm going to throw in here for a moment is for people listening to this today, um, and if this is resonating with you or you know people that need access to this or could benefit by access to Sabrina and her team and the work that they're doing, where are the best places for them 
to be able to tap you as a resource, tap your team as a resource. And also, let's say that they're not needing this necessarily, but they want to help you help others. What is the best way for people to get a hold of you? Where do they find you on social media? What websites do they go through to find you? Lay that out for people because I want to make it so that if this conversation has resonated with them and they need help on part of this, especially if they're in the Marine Corps or they're serving with us, and this is something that where they want to have this in their world, how do we get a hold of you? Thank you. So, yes, there's a, a couple different ways. So our website is, as I said before, www.understandmenandwomen. So all four words are spelled out, .com, understandmenandwomen.com. And when you go to that website, you'll see, obviously, it's a military team. But regardless of if you're military or not, I especially want to point people to, if you're, if you're liking the information and you want to learn more about what we've been talking about, is there is a section called free resources. And so that will actually link you to a page where there are articles, um, you know, a lot of like Alice Armstrong, just articles from her, um, audio, videos, on there. Um, and, and even, I mean, Allison's course, the only way we call it the mothership, um, they've, she's got online courses, so like the same courses that we're teaching live within the military, you can also access online. You can do all that through the free resources tab at understandmenandwomen.com. Um, okay. And where else, where else can they find you? Say somebody really wants to be able to reach out to you to give you some more opportunity to speak out in public. How do we get a hold of you? Yes. So I'd say the best places to reach me would either be Facebook or LinkedIn. So um, on LinkedIn, under my name, Sabrina Barella, this would be as in Bravo, A-R-E-L-L-A. Um, or on Facebook, my personal profile is under Sabrina Rogers Barella. So that's how you will know it's me. Um, so yeah, you can send me a private message for either of those to connect. Um, and then also too, because um, you mentioned, I was going to say, if I could also mention, so I've been talking about this quarter has really been about fundraising and, you know, trying to connect with other people around helping us get to the next level of to be able to expand this work on a larger level. So we also, we have a GoFundMe um, campaign going. May I show that link as well? Oh, absolutely. That's why you're here. Awesome. <laughs> so it's at gofundme.com and then backslash military first line of defense. And the first is the number one and ST. So, so gofundme.com slash military, the number one ST line of defense is our GoFundMe. If, um, yeah, if you feel it in your heart to help us expand this work. Um, yeah, and if you do too, um, like I say, I would love for people to reach out to me on either LinkedIn or Facebook. I'm, I'm an open book. Um, and I, you know, like I say, I, I could talk all day <laughs> about this. So I love having conversations um, around it. And, and uh, as well as, you know, anyone who's listening to this, if you're, you know, a, a veteran or military, and you'd even be interested in like helping us, um, 
you know, we, we also, we, gosh, we need volunteers. Like we're, you know, we, we need, we need to build an army ourselves in order to really make the impact we want to make. So we're, you know, we're, we're looking for help in that regards too. So one of the things here, then what I'm going to suggest to listeners is if you're able to help her and the team that she's working with put on events at different locations, uh, you know, that are on different bases around the country and maybe even eventually internationally onto different bases that we need you as a listener to reach out to Sabrina, especially if you have those contacts that you can help share and say, Hey, you know, we have a group of guys over here at Frankfurt that would definitely benefit from hearing from you, or that we have a group of people over here at the Great Lakes station that could benefit from hearing from you that all of that really comes from a community aspect of helping you get your message out there more. So as a listener, if this is resonating or, you know, people that this would be huge for it's the responsibility really is on you to share this podcast with them so that they're able to get access to packs that they're able to get access to Sabrina's team and be able to help with the GoFundMe page, that doesn't happen in a naked vacuum, people, that you need to, and I'm asking you, (laughs) as a listener, share that information out there so that we can help her drive revenue into this project because it helps so many more people than just one. It's a whole team here. Yes. And you know what? I just thought of something that I had wanted to share earlier. Can I add one more little thing about what we're up to? Yes, absolutely. So, so in, in, yeah. And I appreciate you saying that about, yeah, just the connections, the building, the community is a huge part of this. Um, and it's through connections and this is part of being an entrepreneur, right? Making connections and networking. Um, I actually, um, I had a meeting yesterday that I met with two gentlemen and, and this goes back to the story I was telling earlier about meeting that one gentleman two years ago saying, call me when you're ready to expand. So I called him this week and we had a meeting yesterday with him and another individual who worked with the DOD. And, um, the end result of that meeting is that our proposal to expand our program, to do these full workshops is actually going to be presented at the headquarters meeting at both the Marine Corps reserve headquarters in new Orleans at their next meeting next week. And it's also going to be on the board, um, the headquarters meeting at Quantico, the U S headquarters. So our proposal is actually being placed right in the hands for the Marine Corps, which is you know, where we started so far. Um, and, and with that is huge exposure. And it also, you know, it's like, to, what is that saying about to who much is given, much is required? <laughs> it's also bringing with it the, you know, the, the um, more urgent need um, for this funding in order to be able to start teaching, you know, these other offering these free shorter classes across the country. Um, being able to travel with our team, being able to, you know, to go to New Orleans and North Carolina and Quantico and the different, you know, bases with the Marine Corps. And we're just talking about one branch of the military right now, but being able to go out and spread this work to bases who have not yet heard it. So, so that's, that, that was like a huge victory this week. <laughs> and, and if anyone was wondering why I had you on the show today, it was 100% to bring attention to the fact that you need some help from other people to get to where you want to go. 
you're not going to be able to do this by yourself. And even your team, you guys have been doing this all out of pocket. Yeah. We need to get it transitioned to where other people see the value of what you're creating and doing because you're changing lives for the better here. That we need to get more of a community built around you to enable you to move forward more. Yes. Yes. And I thank you so much, Stephen, for, for bringing me on your platform to, to help spread that awareness. And just for your support is just huge. It means so much to me. <laughs> so I, 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 I appreciate, appreciate you for that. <laughs> and just for having this platform for, for entrepreneurs, you know, in general is just amazing. So any parting shots, we're going to wrap up here in a little bit, but any parting shots or anything that you wanted to touch on that we didn't touch on during this interview? Oh gosh, you know, we could have sat here and talked all day about this, I think. But, um, you know, I think one of the biggest things is, and this is going to go counter to what we've been taught and what society teaches us, but that we are truly in charge of our own lives. We're responsible for ourselves, for our reactions, our responses to everything in life. And, you know, when we talk about that negativity versus positivity cycle, we have that control which way it spins. And it's all, you know, it all ties back to taking personal accountability for our actions and our reactions. And part of that, you know, what, what we, which is what we teach, what our whole body work around is, is even your instincts, which you may not be aware of, you know, you're still responsible for those. And the sooner we can drop the, the blaming of others for our situation and our feelings and everything going on around us, our situations, the sooner we can actually take our life into our own hands. That's the truth. That is hundred yep. percent the truth. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for being here today. I appreciate all the time that you gave because I realize, you know, a lot of podcasts that it's real short, like what's your URL? What do you do? Where I really wanted people to have more of a human understanding of why you're doing this, what you're doing, because there is no one page really developed for you yet here that people need to see through the different layers of what you're building to have that appreciation of what it's going to turn into later. So that's why I made sure to have a longer format for you so that each of those layers, people understand what's going on behind the scenes and why. And it, it's just delicious to have you on here today. Ah, thank you so much. It's, it's been a pleasure and a joy. I've, been, I've enjoyed it. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much, Sabrina. And, uh, Everybody that's listening, share this. If you know Sabrina, <laughs> absolutely share this. You owe it to her as a friend to share this podcast and put it out on your Facebook page, put it on your t Twitter, Tumblr, whatever social media you're on. The only way Sabrina and her team are going to be able to move forward and to really have the massive impact that they rightfully should have is if you as a listener share this message. So I just wanted to put that out there as a parting shot. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody that's been with us. All right. Cheers, Sabrina. I'll okay, get this out to care. you later today. Sounds Bye. good. Bye.